What is up? I am Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And before we jump into the podcast, I want to invite you to check out my band, Run With It. We have the re-release of our EP, How to Start a Fire, dropping April 6th. So I'd love for you all to check that out. You can follow us at Run With It Band, at Run With It Band, TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, all the places you follow people at. You can also check us out at runwithitband.net. That is runwithitband.net. And on today's episode, we have Steve Banky. Steve Banky is the songwriter and frontman for Steve Banky and the Flatlanders. The Flatlanders is a red dirt country band out of Kansas City, Missouri. They're heavily influenced by the grassroots country music movement originating in southern parts of Texas and Oklahoma. They have opened for the Whiskey Myers, sorry, they have opened for Whiskey Myers, Granger Smith, Whitney Morgan, Ray Wiley Hubbard, and Morgan Evans, just to name a few. They also have played the Firewater Festival and Mid America Music Festival and are currently queued up to tour the festival circuit nonstop through the summer of 2022. In today's episode, we explore topics like effective song releases, taking risks to be prepared and available for bigger next level opportunities, and authentically connecting with fans and caring for your family as a touring musician. And Steve also shares his own story of carving out a real space in the music world, as well as his aspirations for what's next for him and his band. Uh, It's a great episode. Enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. are you looking to re- release this song well this we have so talking to chad chad's the one that talked us out of uh releasing an album yep so i, like, I would have done the same thing <laughs> like well because it's always been my dream to have a full length yes i've only i've, I've, I've only ever re- i've only ever released an ep so um we have like 12 songs that are are pretty much i would i mean i mean arts interpretation but i think they're ready to go and i mean i think they're ready to be recorded and put on an album but um right as far as actually recorded though just one just re- remind me okay. but like the plan is to go back in the studio here soon and record and record not everyone's gonna have a, a full length like video from brett or whatever you know right. some of them will probably just have like lyric videos and whatnot so but um that's a great strategy I don't know. That's it really, just what we're coming coming up with, you know. No, it's great, man. Yeah. And honestly, I would. I'm I'm glad he had that conversation. Someone had to have that conversation with me because I mm-hmm. had the same. I still want to one day, but the the problem is, is like it almost seems like in this environment, unless you're Ed Sheeran or Taylor Swift, no one cares about a full length album. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. And it sucks. There's a few um, people that are like untouchable like that, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, like but I mean, I think, I think ideally one day. Yeah, sorry, no kidding. Ahead. No, I was saying, I think like somebody like Garth Brooks could freaking release something right. to A-Track and everybody would go buy machines <laughs> to play the A-Track. You know well, what I mean? it's like Kanye West is proving that because he he's right. literally selling a $200 stem player, which actually, when I realized it was a stem player, I was like, oh, that's, really that's cool. actually well, kind of cool. Young, well, Neil Young, which he's been popular lately, but yeah. for the wrong reasons. <laughs> but, he's in the uh, news. <laughs> well, he tried to release. Yeah, exactly. He tried to release. Remember Pono? Uh-uh. So there's a file fun. type. So, okay, so, like, I couldn't talk about this in the group because I didn't want it, the whole topic to be about this. But the reason right. I'm on State 51 is because these guys, this Eric Eric Medley dude, was, like, an audiophile, too. And, like, he had worked for Sony for many years, and he was an audiophile. Well, when we were recorded looking for something more, we recorded at this ridiculously high res. Like, yeah. some kind of file type. I can't even remember what the file type's called now because 
I don't know what it is, but is it's it like recorded. beyond vinyl kind of thing or like, yes, it's, it's beyond, you have to have special type players to play it. So Damn. my record is recorded at a high res, like looking for something more these and only the few audiophile with people like million dollar listening rooms and stuff have this. Well, their selection of what they can listen to recorded at that rate is very small. So my record can be spun on one of those type players. That's Problem awesome. is what well, it is. It's cool, but it's also very niche, right? <laughs> Yes. Very, very <laughs> like it's like you're going after a small population, you know what I mean? But the um the uh problem is like getting it to play on stuff like this and not use everybody's data, right? Like the amount right. of data and or take up all your storage on your phone. So um Neil Young had came up with uh Pono, which was a file type that was supposed to be high res. The problem is he needed a player. So if you look up Pono player after we get off here, it's like huh. it didn't take off. Nobody's going to go against this. Yep. Nobody's taking this over. It's ease, man. Well, it, it was exactly. Nobody's taking that over. So if you, I don't think the answer is trying to put a different device in somebody's hands. It's how to work with that device. Right. You know what I'm saying? So then there's the title. Title is, a, is Kanye's. Yep. Uh, so t- Jay-Z. title. Or Jay-Z, Jay-Z or whoever Z, it is. Rihanna, yeah. So. Yeah. So title will play the higher resolution stuff. And, but yeah, there's, so the Pono was like, basically you are able to take that high res, compress it, send it over on a low amount of data and then have something on your device, unpack it. So it's like a zip file for your almost. Yeah. That's interesting. But I, I agree with you. That's the thing. It's like, uh, one thing we've been saying uh, recently, a lot of conversations is, is from a friend of mine who is a magician and okay. uh, he was, his name's Randy Shine. He was a, a guest like uh, probably several months ago now on the podcast, but he said him and his magician friends often say, you're thinking like a magician. Stop thinking like a magician. He's like, no one else in your crowd is a magician. You need to think about your audience. And, right. and it's like, I realized like for me, I'm like, ooh, Kanye West put out a STEM player uh, that's cool to me because I'm mm-hmm. like, damn, you can manipulate all the stems, but you okay. know how many people care about that? <laughs> they don't. <laughs> like, they don't. Do you know honestly, how many people... half musicians wouldn't even know if I said stems, do what you, that do means. You, do you know how many people know what the hell of difference is between a wave and an MP3? They don't give a shit. Exactly. They, really they want don't. their music, man. They really don't. <laughs> When you're like, when you're sitting here playing this high res file and you're like, listen to that reverb tail, listen to that reverb tail. They don't listen to <laughs> reverb tails. They don't care. They want that like, hook, baby. Right. They exactly. Dance. They don't <laughs> care about the freaking, the de- the small details that, that go into it that we care about. They don't care about. They, right. they just care about how it makes them feel. And exactly. if a reverb tail makes them feel a certain way, then they like that, but they may mm-hmm. not understand why they like it. You exactly. know what I mean? Well, right. and that's like all the nerdy things of playing live, you know, where mm-hmm. like I, when I'm working live with a band, we use click tracks, we use all these kind of things where mm-hmm. again, the majority of people wouldn't know. And if I make it right. all about that, it's, it's worthless, but it's mm-hmm. just one of those things. Like you said, if it feels, it feels tighter, it feels better. And if you have yeah. the right sound guy, they don't yeah. know about frequencies, but all they know yeah. is something about it just shimmered. And it, maybe it was the perf- performance and the emotion, mm-hmm. but also it has to do with some of those technical things. But like you said, they, probably they well, it, it, <laughs> it is exactly it is those technical things that all put it together to make that emotion. But at the end of the day, to them, it's just an emotion. They don't yeah. care. You 
you they were their eyes would just go glossed if you talked to them about the technical details of why that <laughs> reverb and, that, and why that snare sounds the way it sounds. And it would probably bore them. They don't want to know how the hot right. dog's made. They just want to know that that's a damn good hot dog. Exactly. You know what I mean? And yeah. then I think it's I think there's a point. It's just like vinyl. So like I love like when you put a vinyl in and the sound spectrum that you can hear personally. Right. But I don't feel like it's a smart choice for us as a band to press vinyl right now. Like it'd be really cool, but like financially it just doesn't make sense where it's like I almost yeah. feel like until I know like Jimmy Fallon's gonna flip over our vinyl to introduce mm-hmm. us, like right. we don't need vinyl because right. like you said, it's a niche. And so like mm-hmm. if we have that that volume of fandom. Now right. I can press some CDs or some vinyl, yeah. and it makes sense, you know. Yeah. And, and that's the crass part of like, do I want to drop two grand on you know right. a few a handful of vinyls for people? Well, and that's it. Or the, keep the two grand is gonna, two grand is going to get you the little thin, crappy ones, dude. You don't want that. Yeah, you so wait. there you go. So you want to wait more, <laughs> right? Well, exactly. You don't want to wait until you can. Like I found a one-off place. I had looking for something more two vinyls pressed one for me and one for the guy that did the artwork. I feel that. I feel that. I I respect that. And I think the reason I respect is because it's all about like the thing we wrestle with so much as a band Mm -hmm. is like, how do you bring the most value you can at this moment to your fans? Right. And so that's one reason I know we can't do vinyl because like, we just couldn't keep going as a band if we put all our money (laughs) in this thing, you know? Well, and you want quality, you want quality, like, because if you just hand out a bunch of these flimsy, freaking, like, looks like you just cut them off of a box of cereal type records to people, <laughs> they're just going to associate that, you know? So right. I don't, yeah, I'm not, we're not doing vinyl until we can afford it, like, as far as quality. That's mm-hmm. like our t-shirts and stuff, too. It's like, yeah, our t-shirts might be a little bit more, but they become people's favorite t-shirts because they're higher yeah. quality, you know what I mean? Versus, like, the Gildans that everybody gets for... 12 bucks or eight bucks and then you throw them in a the wash and then they crunch, you know, like, and it's nobody so true. Wears them. yeah, that's, there's a artist named Keelan Donovan, another guest of the podcast. Um, <laughs> and then another band making movies, uh, Enrique, their lead singer was on that. And I have shirts that I got from them years ago. I'm not even joking, right. like years ago. Yeah. And you'll yeah. still see me wearing them to this day. In fact, Keelan always comments because I often have them on during like videos. And I'm not oh, even cool. thinking of it as part of my daily wear. They're just comfortable and right, they exactly. lasted forever. Exactly. And uh, I'm like, dude, this is, I actually started his podcast going, how, where in the hell did you get these shirts from? Because they've lasted for years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's that's a huge insight, man. But I so like back to that idea, you know, with the the releasing music though. It's like for us, we decided to push. We were gonna. I, I wanted. I got these tracks, man, and we have two tracks that mm-hmm. I'm so excited about. And we right. we record them last summer, our last spring and summer, and uh, they're getting ready to get done. But then we decided to push it because our summer is getting packed. We're starting right. to have some really great shows uh, pop up and with like some good high profile stuff. And, yeah. But we're we're because of that we actually moved our release to to the fall because okay. we're going to spend that entire time trying to rebuild our fan base, trying to rebuild our street team, yeah. and then all the new fans. Hopefully, we meet over the summer. Like. We, we, we got our EP out and there's something for them and just saying, we need your help basically in yeah. the fall to blow this shit up. It's kind of our right. goal, you know? Okay. And uh, right. so I, I wonder if that's a, cause you guys got a hell of a 
thing coming up. I saw your uh, I saw your list of shows like and some high profile stuff, man. There's so I just wonder that, what does it look yeah. like for you to enlist then all the because you're gonna I make know. so much so many new fans because of how Dude, great like, you are. We just um, we got another one the other day. We were opening for, so in our world. You know, I don't know how much you pay attention to whatever you want to call it, Red Dirt, Americana, whatever you want to call it. I only know of Red Dirt music because of you and Chad. So, (laughs) yeah, well, I mean, that's what it's been coined. It's been coined Red Dirt music just because the region where, but I mean, other folks, like if you're from the East Coast, you call it Americana. Okay. You know, if you're from Texas, you might call it Texas country. I mean, it just, it's all the same thing, but. um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So the, um, in my world, Randy Rogers is like royalty like up there and we get to open for him September 3rd in Bethany. That's huge. Like, dude, it's awesome. Like you can't put a price on that kind of exposure for us, like the word exposure, right. but that's it. We're anybody who's coming to watch Randy Rogers is a, is already a, f- a fan of that genre. And our, yeah. our genre is small, but it's loyal. You'll find that the red dirt fans are, we may not be as uh, be able to go against pop or whatever. Or like if it's a competition, whatever. Right. But if it's a cage fans, fight. <laughs> exactly. But our fans are loyal. They're su- supremely loyal. Like they will follow you around. So, and, and, and that's, that's what we're finding out. Like that, we played that farm place the other day. Mm-hmm. We played for the door. That's the f- first time we've done that and forever. And yeah. we played for the door. I would have played for free. Actually, I would have paid them to play because that's there was amazing. 200 people there at the And dude, out of that freaking Five of them, six of them followed us, uh, uh, me and Jillian over to Diddy's. Uh, now, like, if we're going to build a following Kansas City, I'm, I'm, put me on record right now. It will be at the farm. That's where we will build our loyal following. Which in farm City. is that, Kane? No, it's literally no. a dude's barn. Oh, it's just straight up a farm. The farm. And he converted his <laughs> barn into a venue. It, seriously. That's amazing. It seriously converted as far and the we were supposed to play at headlights with Joe Stam, which Joe Stam's done really well. And okay. I mean he and he was popular. Um, but we had people come down from Iowa and come find us and tell us the reason we came was because of you. And like from That's Ames, amazing, bro. We had a lady fly in from Vegas to Woo. go to this farm. To go to the farm, like uh, literally a guy's, but it was like BYOB. I mean, it's like a barn party, dude. It was just. <laughs> but that's the thing, though, is that you guys have done such an amazing job. For the listeners, um, I, I got to meet Steve. We we met like, what, a year ago or so when I started booking, right, yeah. uh, with chat. And then we started yeah. doing some shows together. Um, well, where I was booking you. Unfortunately, our bands probably wouldn't fit the bill together. <laughs> but. But watching what you, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Watching what you guys do and what you what you had been doing and then the rise over the last year and then to now, it's like you guys have one, you've put so much hard work into the craft, right? Into the music itself. But then you have this personable, like just real authentic thing about you and your band, especially like watching you guys on TikTok, um, which I love. It's a red dirt band on TikTok, and it's, <laughs> but it's super fun. Give them a follow. What's the what's the handle on TikTok again? I can't think of it offhand. Oh, we're just at, at, at I believe it's just at Stephen Banky and Flatlanders. And Stephen Flatlander. Banky and the Flatlanders. And I think okay. it, with the amount of characters or whatever, it might just be Stephen Banky Flatlanders. But by the time you get there, it's already going to pop up. <laughs> right. And yeah. I'll have those links yeah. if you're listening. The links are in the podcast. But um but yeah, that the fact that you guys now are are connecting with such a devoted fan base, and then yeah. watching how the tour you're about to go on, like where where does that come for, from you? Like where does that 
where did that originate, this idea to really connect deeply, like, with your fan base? Well, I mean, as far as, like, connecting with our fan base, I honestly don't even know how to answer that question because I it's just us. This is us. Like you really, you really <laughs> are it. getting just us. Like we, we we're not trying to be somebody we're not, I suppose Like we're just like, we're having fun. We're enjoying it. We're working hard. We know that we got to put in the work and we're doing that. And so, I mean, yeah, like the, really the, it's not really an idea. It's more just be yourself. Like don't try to be somebody you're not. And I think people really gravitate towards that. So that's really cool. That's, yeah. um, again another genre but sam smith are you familiar with him like kind of a pop um i think R&B i've heard the name singer. yeah uh, yeah just gorgeous voice right gorgeous voice and that was his story like he didn't get his hits till later in life and sure. he said he spent most of his career pretending to be somebody else right and trying to grasp to be someone else and finally it was like when he said fuck it i'm just gonna do <laughs> i'm just gonna do me yeah. And he's like, that's where he started finding his hits because it was an authentic thing that connected. And I think there's so much music out there, right? Yeah. There's so many bands now. It's like, what's going to cut through? And right. honestly, I think part of it is authenticity. Right. That cuts that, through. I think people, I mean, people are smart. They and, and smart and more than that, they, they have, they, um, people gravitate towards real and they want to feel that they want to, you know what I mean? It's it's art what we're making, and they they want to they want to f- have a feeling. That's the way it is. I mean, music is emotion. So if you can make somebody feel that way, and and mm. it's effortless, like I think that that helps out. That goes a long way. I don't know. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. Thanks. No, I love that. That's great, man. Now, for you, if if I remember your story correctly, were you were were you were in the military previously? I was, did I get that I, wrong? No, uh, I was okay. in the United States Navy from 2000 to 2005. Okay, I got you. Yeah. What did you do in the Navy, and then what did it look like getting out for you? Um, so I'm a completely different world over there, man. But I'm a, I'm actually, a, yeah. I, I went in the Navy as an an air traffic controller. I'm an ATC. So okay. Um, yeah, I, I I work in the tower and I work in the radar and I, uh, I basically what is our blurb in our book? Uh, the safe and orderly expeditious flow of air traffic throughout the United States. That's something like that. That's a blurb. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And that's what you, that's your day job right now. Like for all the yeah. listeners, right. Yeah. And that's where you got out yeah. and you went to that. Did you go straight to that in the civilian world? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, I got out in, in 05 and then I took a job with a uh, contract company. Cause there's the way this works is there's multiple different, uh, ways to get into air traffic control as far as like there's federal all the way to privately owned companies and whatnot. So I worked for a contract company. It's actually based out of Olathe, but they have contracts throughout the whole East coast and throughout the United States really. So I, uh, I was sent out to New Haven, Connecticut and I, <laughs> yeah, I lived in New Haven, Connecticut for, I don't know, it was like eight months or a year before getting picked up with the uh, federal administration. So the FAA and then went from, New Haven to Des Moines, Iowa, lived in Des Moines, Iowa for, for a couple of years, met my wife in Des Moines, went to Sioux City, Iowa, Sioux City, Iowa to Kansas City, Missouri. Here I am. Nice, man. So you're, you were touring around with the FAA <laughs> and now yeah. you're, you're starting to tour around with your band. So yeah. you're, you're married now, right? You got mm-hmm. this full-time job and like, you got a, a like a full on full-time job, right? There's some yeah. people who are in the, oh, yeah. the band world who, who have a full-time job they just walk away from. That's not like the same kind of deal for you, right? Um, no, yeah. And you have kids, right? How many? I have one. Kids? I have, you have, I have one? a one-year-old. One 
and he yep. and uh but so in all of that where in the world did you get the idea to start a band and really go out and do this thing so to be honest with you like it's something i have always wanted to do and i um as the uh, i'd say about maybe 20 years old is when i kind of figured out like this is something that I really, really love doing I, like my whole family's creative. My aunt's a wildlife artist in Pennsylvania. Um, my mom has family members that were part of the, I don't know if you know the Branson acts, but like the bald knobbers and stuff like that. Yep. Like, yeah. So they were some of the original bald knobbers down there. Damn, in, I didn't in realize that, that connection. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So like music has just been in my family. I've, I mean, I asked my parents, I've been singing since I was a kid. I mean, I can remember my sister got a karaoke machine and she never used it. It was always me. I was always, as a kid, you know, growing up. Was, was it like, bedazzled with like a pink microphone? 100%. And yeah, you better buddy. believe I was I was singing like some Bette Midler, Wind Beneath My Wings or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> but, but really, I started to actually like want to be in a band when it came to college. Um, so my cousin was, is a drummer and he was in a band and back in high school. And we're from a little bitty town. So, I mean, keep in mind when, we don't have that much selection when it comes to band members. So like you kind of, if you need a bass player, you make a bass player, you know, it's like <laughs> you, you're a bass player, learn this, you know, <laughs> here, I bought you a bass. <laughs> exactly. That's the way it goes. So, uh, we, I, I was in college and, um, my cousin's band, their lead singer, slant writer, slant band owner, leader, whatever you want to call them, uh, decides that he's going to leave. So they don't want to quit. So I, quickly i'd never even played guitar i never even picked up a guitar i wanted to be in that band so bad i picked up a guitar learned their songs from never playing guitar learned their set nice and and sang and came to them and auditioned and got the part so that's and that's, that was I my first it. band yeah i had never and in fact i had my dad's old yamaha classical you know those nylon strings uh-huh. that's all i had for a guitar i didn't own a guitar at the time I took that from the house and I wanted a steel string guitar so bad that I took the nylon strings off and put steel strings on it. And the action was oh, like wow. ridiculous. And it was, it, Oh, but, and the, there's a very wide neck as well too. Oh so yeah. Like you're oh, just yeah. reaching. Uh huh. That's what I had. And then, uh, and then after that, my first one was a, a Samick, uh, like, uh, like a, it was kind of a Stratocaster Samick that I got at a oh, pawn okay. shop, man. Oh yeah. That thing, uh, I love that thing. I don't even know where it is now. I wish I still had it, honestly, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's awesome, kind of the start man. in the music for me was that really. Now yeah. for you, did it take a back seat, like going into the Navy and then kind of bopping around with the yeah, yeah. Your, well, so, air traffic control career? Well, kind of the thing was, is like, I mean, we were we were having fun. We recorded a CD in, in uh, a guy, my, my cousin as a part of uh, a gift for my my cousin the drummer his sister as a gift for his graduation because those guys were still in high school i was i was just like freshman year of college right okay so so um as a gift she bought some recording time and it was over by cameron and i wish i could remember the name of the studio but it was hilarious like we show up and it's literally like a shed and it's like not a, like a big shed <laughs> it's like this tiny shed like we're all standing shoulder to shoulder and he's got like this Roland, it was back when like the, I don't know if you remember those Roland digital ones that like you could burn a CD straight from the Roland yep. board. Yeah. yeah it was I had like one of those. Had those so. Yeah. <laughs> back in yeah, college. exactly. It was one of those. Yeah. <laughs> so we recorded our first CD there and then we we're like, oh man, we got to make some art. And I remember 
using like a a photo editor and we didn't know what we were doing and we made uh we took some pictures and and we made our first in fact in my basement right now i i made a makeshift like vinyl looking one with the cd sticker and and made a big frame and stuff like that it's like we thought we were something man that was kind of cool so (laughs) but yeah we that was that was our first realm into it and i'm sorry i kind of sidetracked myself thinking about the past like no that's great man like that's a i think it's a beautiful story of actually i was in the studio last friday on a co-write and yeah. that's we the song we, we started working on a guy named Ryan Rancudo, a brilliant sure. songwriter, producer dude. Um, it, he was just explaining like how he gets so overwhelmed. I hope he doesn't. I, I don't think he'd mind. I'm sharing this. But, yeah. um, you know, overwhelmed with music like all of us do. It becomes like this business for us where he was like, I just want to get back to that feeling of like what it was like to see a guitar for the first time. You know, right. and and honestly, hearing you tell that story, like it reminds me of like the first band I was in, you know, in high school. Yeah. It's like I didn't know shit. I didn't know anything at all. But damn it, it was cool. I was in a yeah. band and uh-huh. we never had a show. We like you you guys got further with your first band than I ever did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you actually had a record like we didn't we didn't do anything. We had like oh, three believe me, we, our, our, our claim to fame was the Sumner Goose Festival, dude. Like we thought yeah. we were big time when we played Sumner Goose Festival. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's so good to revisit that. And it was it was a good conversation. I hope leading into a great song uh, for us of like just going back where did it start yeah. for you you know because yeah. it can you're you're in the thick of it now sure. right yeah you're being a good dad being a good husband um yeah. holding things down and then also being a great band leader at the same time you know i, I don't know right. I, I think it's a cool story that was really i'm cool trying story. yeah <laughs> so i kind of remember what i was where i was going with that but um yeah in college i was also a, a baseball player so i was i was playing baseball in college as well but then okay i realized that I wasn't taking baseball any further, you know, cause I, I originally thought that I was going to be a professional baseball player too or whatever. So of course was it. And then I was also studying biology and realized I didn't like biology either. So I was like, what am I going to do? And, um, I, my, my uncle was an air traffic controller here in Kansas city. And, uh, I grew up going to work with him and I thought that was pretty cool. So went to him, asked him, what what i could do and he's like well there's a couple different options you could go back to college to to, there's uh ways to get into it via that way or you could go in the military and so did some research and thought maybe i give the the navy a shot so did it wow yeah that's how i got into it that's amazing yeah it's kind of it's a smart route too because instead of you know paying for the the open doors you're getting paid to learn the trade and learn the craft yeah yeah, absolutely. And as far as like making the jump to, you know, like I admire folks who have put in like the, what do you want to call it, risk or have, have sacrificed everything to go try to make it right to, mm-hmm. to make it in the, I, I admire those folks. That takes a lot of bravery. I think me personally, I mean, a part of me thinks that I've taken like the the safer route, you know what I mean? Like the safer route. And I don't, I hate admitting that, but it's true. You know what I mean? The safer Mm -hmm. route, but what I'm, I'm making up for that in, 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 (laughs) in work, in work, work ethic, you know what I mean? So I may have taken the safer route and, and have went, chose a career that maybe I knew would be successful versus taking the risk of still eating you know, like, right. 
ramen, if you want to use that analogy or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, I, but I've had a lot that. of friends and I, I did that life for a while too, where it's just like eating ramen and, you know, yeah. like there, there's one uh, guy I was talking to who was in a band, up and coming band. He said his mom came to visit him and his buddies yeah. and literally broke out in tears when she saw the conditions they were living in. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, right? and, but the thing is that life, it's not for everyone. Um, no. A good, good friend of mine, he coaches a lot of artists, like uh, actors and visual artists, those kind of things. Right. And that's he actually encourages them to understand their level of risk they're wanting to take because he's like, right. if you're not in the right level, whatever it is for you, you right. won't have the mental or emotional capacity to create your art. And he's like, yeah. some people he's learned have to be all in. That's just the way their minds work. Yes. And it's the only way their asses are getting up in the morning and right. staying up late. He said, right. but then there's some people like you can't like that. The the main job or whatever it is, is the right. oxygen that helps them feel free enough to then create. So I right. I think it's a piece of understanding who you are in the life stage, right? You got to that's, wife a, and that's kid. a great way to put it, too. It's like the amount amount of risk that you're willing to take versus yeah that i that makes a lot of sense to me as far as like yeah like i said like i feel like i make up for the fact that like if if we're going to get successful because i'm working my ass off so to speak you know what i mean we're yeah. we're working hard we're working hard there's no doubt that we're working hard now absolutely we may not we may not be living you know four or five artists in a in a little rundown shack or anything like that but <laughs> But I feel okay with what we're doing because we we're working it, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. So no, I love that. And that's, you know, for me, uh, part of my story is we almost like lost our house, uh, during touring and doing all that kind of stuff oh, with wow. my previous. And so that's, and what it did is it just, it took away any mental focus, you know, with mm -hmm. being married with four kids and like getting a letter from a lawyer that says, Hey, X amount of time, or we're taking your house, you know, oh, it's no. like, cause we had taken yeah. all the money we had and, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't, I didn't develop where we're doing things differently now where it's like, there's certain parts of our finances that do not get touched period. Sure. You know, it's like yeah, everything yeah. from the business is getting reinvested, but this part is our part. <laughs> right. <laughs> no yeah, yeah, exactly. And, right. uh, and I find what happened was, is I couldn't think anymore. I couldn't make effective decisions anymore because oh, I was okay. scared to, fucking death oh I and bet. it's like and so i had to kind of end everything which like kibosh so many great so much great momentum uh oh where now gosh. it's like had to look at it in a totally different way we're like we do a yeah. commercial cleaning business that's kind uh -huh. of one of our sure. pieces that help yeah. things like you know we, you can call it the safe thing or whatever but it's the thing right. to it honestly frees me up now it's where it's like oh i can make these decisions and i can move Absolutely. forward and i can write songs and i can take a co-write because now i'm not scared to death that we're not going to make it <laughs> right yeah exactly you know? so, yeah i think i agree with you that if you have like a a good foundation there's a certain amount of of you that's willing to take a some a little bit more of a risk too because you're like well i can fall back on this if i need to right yeah versus yeah, I, I, that's a good way to put it. Absolutely. And then there are those artists, you know, where Jewel got in a car and drove around for three years, you know, yeah. and she worked her ass off um, and lived out of a car. Uh, right. But she was also, you know, single and 19 and, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know, and I, had a record deal. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think, but kudos yeah, to her. She didn't take any. She barely took an advance. Um, they offered. <laughs> they literally offered her millions of dollars and she didn't take it. Uh, oh, she good. Just, she, yeah. Uh, and so now she owns so much 
of, of her own all publishing of her rights own? because oh she, wow she did that you know perspective good for her yeah i think each person has their own journey what it, so uh, you guys got a big year ahead of you um yeah. which is so exciting to see um and uh but what do you see like what's that next step after this i'm sure as you're working and planning and strategizing what do you see yeah. next um out of this so that's that's a that's a really good question because um I I honestly think about that a lot. Like we we use the term level up, right? Like how do we take our band to the next level? So it's like, well, first we have to define what the heck is the next level. We don't understand yet. It's like kind of like because we're new at this too. So we're we're like, what is the next level? Well, I think next level one, building our social media presence. Like I think that could be defining as a next level. It's like how do we get into, you know, like being we're not, I don't think really any of us have any um, desire to be like influencers or anything like that, but to how to get a social media presence that we get a loyal fan base that, that works with us on social media. So that could be next level. Uh, bigger profile gigs, I guess, like if you you know, if you want to look at it like that being the next, next level. So it's like, how do we get on maybe uh, a larger tour? Um, we're um, let's see what other things, I mean, you can't say this without talking about money, which is unfortunate, but it is the way it is. You know what I mean? So next level for me, and and I'm sure that the other guys in the band might answer this slightly different, is being able to transition from air traffic control to full-time music. So like, nice. and that's that would be next level for me. You know what I mean? So like all those things, I think one of the equations for that would be we need to release new music mm -hmm. or like um I mean, that's that's one of the things because if we can somehow get a successful release then maybe that that can equate to all those things i just talked about with uh getting bigger profile gigs and and um making we all know we're not going to make any money off streaming let's who are we kidding you know <laughs> right <laughs> it's basically like an expensive business card um, right exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we we talk about that uh, <laughs> right yeah yeah so like I think maybe those are equations. I don't know if I answered that question correctly, but no, or not, that's great. Not, not like it was. I, I mean, hopefully that makes sense to the listeners, whoever's listening to this. So, no, I think I, that's awesome, man. And it, it's cool because there is one conversation I know we've had. You know, and for yeah. the listener, Steve and I, uh, just because of booking shows and being in yeah. the same circles, we have a lot of conversations, which is has been yeah. a fun year. Um, but one of the conversations we had, and I think actually I think it was in the mastermind you were sharing. Um, one of the key lessons of leveling up last year for you. Yeah. And it was like learning to let go of some of the lower paying gigs or lower profile gigs yeah. um, and kind of jumping out into the abyss of that next level where you didn't have a guarantee. No, um, scary. Can you break that down for the listener just a little bit I, uh, of what yeah. you learned and what you've seen come out of that? Because it was a great reminder for me when you shared it too. Yeah, I'm still learning that. Honestly, and in fact, Taylor and I just had this conversation last night. Like, I still struggle with it. It's like, at what point? Because we have the mindset of, yeah, we want to level up and do all that stuff. But we also have the mindset of, we don't think of ourselves as being above any specific type of gig, so to speak. You know what I mean? Right. So if we're turning down the $600, $800 bar gigs or whatever, it's not because we think that we're above them. It's just the fact that, like, we 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 don't know what opportunity we're going to miss out on 
Like if, if a like say like a bar wants to book us two months out now, I'm scared to death to book that because we mm-hmm. may end up with a festival date or something. You know what I mean? So right. it's 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 a struggle between. But I'm saying having said that, we ended up last night or Saturday night playing Humphreys and ended up with two private parties out of playing Humphreys. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like there's good and bad to all of it. But uh, um, yeah, it's wild. Like. I can't believe how fast this has progressed. Like I, we like, it's wild. Like we went from being happy that we were booked three or four times at bars to now we're booked all summer and, and are, I don't, I don't know how much I want to talk about money on this kind of crap, but you know what I mean? I, Cause I feel guilty about it. I, I, I think any musician, well, it's, that, I think it's bo- the... the part of this booking thing. It's, it's like, that's the part <laughs> I hate the most is talking that part, you know what I mean? But it is also the part that's going to help me, play music full-time and right so so but well, that's uh, the part i look at is it's the resource or the oxygen that allows us to to move forward you know and right. like i found out that if those resources aren't there i literally can't keep doing it um right you know exactly. and that was that was a harsh reality where i think you know finding that money piece because you know you are getting uh much better paying gigs but it's also oh, yeah. coming there it's also coming along with you know hundreds if probably not thousands to some of the attendance of the, some of the shows you got coming up too. Yeah. Uh, yeah so that that hard choice i think and i remember you sharing that like that hard yeah. choice of not taking certain gigs right. to be available and then all exactly. of a sudden that opportunity popped up yeah like like for example you like, <laughs> like yeah for example so this year we got to showcase at uh, a couple different fair and festival association meetings right so the um, the first one was a Friday night. Normally we would have been booked, right? Had we taken a, had we taken a, uh, a smaller gig, we might not have been available, but since we were available and it was like last minute, we were able to scramble and, and go up there and do it. And it turned into a crazy trip that has been, that has been very successful for us. So, yeah. Well, and that was the thing that yeah. opened the door, uh, yeah. for, for you guys, exactly. right? Yeah. Cause that, and had we not, had we not been available? Right? Yeah, the first one was Des Moines, and had we not been available for that, Kansas wouldn't have happened. And if if we wouldn't have went to Kansas, uh, Missouri's wouldn't have happened, and and so on and so forth. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and now you're touring the region throughout 2022. Yeah, that's this is huge. Cool. This is and really I, cool. You know, for the listener too, um, one thing that I loved about that piece is you guys have been working your ass off, right? And again, for the listener too, if you're like the Steve Banky band or Steve Banky and the Flatlanders have been playing a lot and practicing a lot if you're just getting started it's a whole different conversation (laughs) right yeah exactly you you can't just be like oh i'm gonna but like you guys were at the right spot to make this choice and um and i think what my favorite part of your story with that showcase was you were sharing it previously was it was a last minute call someone 100 yeah right what what was the the story behind that because you got you got called that week yeah no 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 like we i think i so my wife, I need her sitting right here because she's the one who's always like pinpointing dates and times. And she's got like a photographic memory when it comes to that. <laughs> Me, I remember like what I felt like in that moment versus like what day or what time it actually was. So right. anyway, like <laughs> let's say like the showcase is on a Friday. It was probably Thursday night at like six o'clock. We got the call. Ooh. And I was like, hey, if uh, if you can get if you uh, if you can get to Des Moines by Friday tomorrow at this time, this is going to be a great opportunity for you. And uh, Chad, thank you so much for making that call and putting us in this. He's constantly putting me in spots. 
like Chad always puts me in spots and pushes me out of my comfort zone. And then after I'm done, he calls me and he's like, well, I have that feel. <laughs> I like it went over like he's like what did we learn like <laughs> that's, that's definitely chad that's yeah. chad burquin i think he's like episode yeah. seven of the podcast if you guys want to go yeah. learn more about him <laughs> no but thank you chad for putting me in that position or putting us in that position and uh and trusting us with uh with doing that so anyway and it, we we had to scramble so much that uh unfortunately our drummer at the time was he was um he was booked so we went up there. So not only did we go up there from basically less than 12 hours notice to going up there, we also went with a drummer we'd never played with, sent him the music the night before too. that. that and man, it went off without a hitch. It was really cool. I can't believe we pulled it off, but we did. It was awesome. So, well, and that's, and that's what I love. It's like your, the whole preparation meets opportunity, yeah. almost cliche that share, but it's just so true, man. Like right. you guys, you got this, quote unquote lucky break you got a random call yeah but you had you had to put in the time and work to mm -hmm. have a high return on that right because like yeah. other people could have been called and they would have been like oh shit we haven't rehearsed in like a month and we haven't played any shows and like and they wouldn't be ready you know and even to do right. a brand new drummer you know the rest of the unit has to be super tight and you oh, have wow. to have the right circles to know the right people <laughs> who can actually yes. execute i don't yeah. know that's that's why i loved one piece i loved about that story was you guys were ready when the opportunity presented itself and yeah. in so many ways and now yeah and to see that like yeah i hope it's a a huge lesson that a lot of people and i even just remind myself as we're going we have rehearsals this week again as we yeah. continue to prepare for what's coming for run with it and i'm just like man they they got that opportunity but they are ready so we better be ready we yeah. better be ready <laughs> yeah that's that's exactly and you never know when it's gonna come you honestly don't know and like we're still going i mean we're yeah like we we keep going what's the next thing what's the next yep. thing we're ready for it's that all, next thing yeah all next steps man right so um one question i was curious about uh, mm -hmm. and this coming from as another one's a father and you know yeah. kids and touring and doing all that what are uh, if you don't mind sharing what are maybe mm -hmm. one or two tools that you use just to to ensure like like being there for your family uh yeah in this endeavor and in in these next steps so like i think everybody who is i don't know everybody but at least me like and i know i've seen interviews with like some you know top level performers and whatnot like they feel guilty right because they feel like they've spent a lot of more time and they feel like they maybe they're not giving enough attention to their their children or stuff like that i so i'm fortunate enough that i work um like uh I guess rotating hours or whatever you want to call it, shift work, you know, with the air traffic control, it's not a nine to five Monday through Friday. Mm. So I'm able to, I have different times off, you know, that I'm able to, to hang out with him. And I make sure that I, that we, we spend quality time together when we are together. And um, he's, he's involved in sports. So we'll wrestle around and stuff like that. He's a wrestler. And so I make sure that we're, we're spending time like that. We, um, we have, uh, I mean, he's got a ton of games. We'll play games and just whatnot. Like those are the tools that you spend a lot of time. Uh, we'll go out to breakfast. He loves going to like breakfast and stuff like that. So yeah. And then of course, any gig that he, um, that he is um, able to go to because he's eight, you know, he's, he's not 21. Right. right. So <laughs> any gig that he's able to go to, like he comes, like he's part of this, like he's a big equation of this. We get him on stage with the cowbell. We, uh, I mean, like, he's he's involved in the whole process That's too awesome. 
the other day that was kind of cool i don't know if you saw that video but we um he so with the we have been recording a single we recorded a single at avenue records with matt your your guitar player yep. and fantastic engineer uh he is <laughs> at, yeah and uh over at avenue records and so my son's been curious about this whole process so um here at home we had a snow day and uh so we went through the whole process and i taught him about the process from everything from writing to the song to recording the song to releasing to making a video and the whole process so that's yeah. right i remember that when you guys were sharing that that's awesome yeah <laughs> so just to get him involved like he's very curious i mean at that age he's got a ton of questions and yeah and that i, I think those are tools just make sure you're that when you do have the time that you're there and you're not distant. I mean, mm. yeah. So that's a good friend of mine. Uh, his father was part of the secret service under George W. Bush. And, okay. um, and he shared with me as we started touring, uh, cause yeah. I was wrestling with that guilt piece. And, right. and, uh, he was saying, he's like, my dad was like, gone all the time. Like, yeah. and he had this like crazy job. Right. And I was like, how was that for you? And he's like, honestly, I don't remember the times he was gone. I just remember right. when he was there yeah. and it was really good. Yeah. And man, it, it gives me chills to say it again because I'm so grateful for him sharing that story Yeah. Uh, because it, it made me want to, you know, capitalize on any of those moments. And sure. I'm not always the best at it. Sometimes I'm stressed and sometimes, you know, I'm trying to right. do my best. And, but I, that's what I kind of hear in you as well. Like that concept, like if I have the time, it's right. going to be good and we're going to have right. a blast and you're going to be exactly. part of this thing. You know, I'm not right. just going to be this distant dad. So that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, exactly. That's, really cool. I, that's the thing. It's like, yeah. So it's kind of like I get to work, so to speak, you know, at the, but, but he's involved in it. So then he doesn't feel like, like it's worked. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he's in, he, he doesn't feel like I'm just ignoring him and that he's not part of this and he has to just sit over there and watch like he's, he's going <laughs> to learn. Yeah. That's really I can cool. always see it in him. Like the kid, he's constantly like if he like after wrestling practice, he has to go up and shower. And you could just hear him belting at the top of his lungs in the in the shower, just making up songs. Like that's it's in him. It's, it's so he's totally ready to him. start a, a band himself. Most likely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, his and I tell you what, I will be his roadie. So I love yeah. it. Yeah. That'll be awesome, man. <laughs> well, that's I my oldest uh was able we did a we did one mini little tour uh yeah. where he could go with us. He was about 14 or 15 at the time. It was just cool. college shows. Uh, yeah. So we were able to take him. And, uh, and man, he had a blast, especially cause it's like, like in the music world, like my guys are my guys, they do their uh -huh. thing they're who they are. And he's just right. like cracking up cause the crazy shit people are saying, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, but he, he loved it. And then my second oldest, um, he started getting mad. I didn't realize he even wanted to be part of things. And then he started getting mad because he couldn't go with us. Oh, but man. he's yeah. like, how come I can't go to the studio? You know, yeah. whatever. And so, like, <laughs> and so I'm realizing, I think I'm going to have to, maybe that's just like my business plan to keep touring until all the kids are old enough to eventually go on a tour with us so they can experience ah, that. Would be cool. <laughs> Cause yeah. it's, it, it's a, it's a cool thing. So yeah. I'm glad you're, you're taking that time and have that perspective. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And, last, and you know what? Oh, oh sorry. Ahead. Yeah, no, 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 go ahead. No, I was just if he had one more thing. Yeah, no, I just want to make sure that like my wife is extremely important in that equation too. So um she's she's so supportive and 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 uh she makes sure that we're set up for success. So definitely shout out Kelsey to uh to helping out with you know, because we're still father and son and we still occasionally 
you know, butt heads and whatnot, even though right. I was eight, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not all roses. I mean, <laughs> but the kids are resilient, man. They are so resilient, you know, like mm-hmm. they're like, if you make a mistake here, that's not the end of it. You can, it can be fixed. It can be fixed. So, right. Yeah. It's yeah. like the overarching, and, overarching environment. Um, right. I think there was some study. I wish I could remember where it was from. One of the, one of the books, I'm, I'm a big nerd. One of the books I was reading, but they did a bunch of studies on like health and wellness and success yeah. of children long-term. And right. one of the only main common denominators was just a happy, secure home life. Right. And it, it like the parents had different jobs and different hours and, and none of those things seemed to matter as much as just that core of, right. a, of a happy, like joyful, overarching home life. Right. And, uh, yeah. That's always been a good reminder for me. What so and is Kelsey, right? Is your wife's name? Yeah. So yeah. what was it like for her when you first like stepped out where she started noticing like, oh, this is really this is really happening for him? What was That's there really cool. if you so want to share and if, if not, it's no no, she is a catalyst. <laughs> so I know we touched earlier, I was in that the band like that was called Pyrotechnic. Shout out Pyrotechnic. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh I was in a, that band and then um I did do one other family band after that, but, um, that was, that was, that lasted a year, year or so. And we wrote some songs. In fact, oh no, we're not currently doing any of those songs, but, uh, yeah, I wrote, <laughs> yeah, I thought maybe we were doing one, but we're not. Um, um, so I was in a family band for a little bit. And then, um, after that, I kind of just went to the audio side of things. I fell in love with audio recording and engineering. Right. So, cause I, I, I engineered that record that, that I was talked about in the family band. And I was like, man, I really, really like doing this. So I just did it at home for, I mean, I maybe from 2010 to like 2018. So for like eight years, I had a two channel interface, some microphones and stuff. And then just in my basement, I enjoyed writing and recording myself and, and was happy with that. And then I was talking to my, my wife was talking, she's like, you love this so much. Why don't you try to make this a business? And I was like, okay. And so She's like, she's the one who really like pushed me to go out and meet people. So the very first call I made was in Sioux City, Iowa. It was uh, it's not a call, it was a messenger. I messaged a band I really liked, I was following. And they're like, yeah, come on out. We're playing here tonight. So I went out, I bought them a beer with the whole intention of trying to talk them into coming back to let me record them. And uh, and it, it worked. It just kind of went from there. And I grew a pretty successful studio from my basement and, and was able to once again, so since I'm fortunate enough to have the, the other job or put myself in that position, I don't know if I like to use the word fortunate or just say I put myself in this position that I wasn't reliant on the money from music to um, just for uh, uh, living off. Right. Right. So I was able to take every dime that I made from recording people and dump it directly right back into the studio, whether that be gear. Awesome. You know what I mean? And so and mm-hmm. I built up a really, really nice collection within the back of my mind going one day I will own a studio. And, and so I did that from 2018 till, or sorry, I got my, see, I'm horrible dates. Like from basically <laughs> uh, 2010. We'll have to have Kelsey say, come on the, the next see? episode. Exactly. She She's going like to be the fact checker. She's going to be the fact checker, right? From 2016 to 2018, two years I did that. 2018 is when I moved to Kansas city. So, okay. and then, uh, so, so for two years, I built a pretty successful studio out of my basement. And, and was able to stuff it away. And and uh, so, like, I fell in love with audio. But while going out to meet people is where I fell in love with report, performing live again. 
Hmm. So like I'd go to open mics and stuff because no better way to any of you engineers out there that are running from your studio or running your studio in your basement. And you're like, man, how do I get people come over and record like that? If you're a musician of any sort, no better way to get people. And I'm telling you street cred, go out there, join an open mic or go to a jam or whatever and play. If you, if people see that you can play and that you can sing, they are going to trust you to record their music too. They really do. Like, I honestly, like, because I think they, whatever internal thing that, you know what I mean? It's our, this is our art and this is part of you and you write a song and it's your baby. Like, who are you going to trust to make sure that they put out into the world what you had in your head? You know what I mean? Somebody that can actually sing or, or do it. You know what I mean? Somebody can actually do that or, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm sure there's engineers out there that are plenty capable that can't play an instrument either, but most of the engineers that like, from my from my um perspective like go out right. there and that's how you get involved get in get involved in the scene and stuff like that that's how you get people come back anyway so my goal was uh to go out there and get people and what ended up happening was me falling in love with playing live so and, and <laughs> making that connection with people so it's kind of flip-flopped a little bit you know that's i still awesome, have though. i still have goals and and uh you know as well as i do that I, what's going on in my backyard i don't know if you want to talk about that in this podcast or if it, yeah if the, time. well you you're building your own studio yeah. right yeah and, yeah and like you're getting close oh it's getting there like we're at painting <laughs> phase right now and it's it's oh man i'm itching i'm itching to i've on purpose not said too much about it because uh i want it when i release i want when i you know uh release it on the social media to the world and stuff i want to be ready just in case you know right. people are ready to go i don't Nothing irks me more than be like, oh, yeah, coming in 2024. And you're like, man, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And that I may be that may be a wrong business move on my end. But it's I, I just feel like I'm I want to be ready to act whenever people are like, oh, man, that's cool. Yeah, we're ready to record. You're okay, like, all right. Well, Tuesday yeah. at 9 a.m. Uh, exactly. Yeah. You Venmo me the money right now. We'll get a book. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, the that's cool that she was the catalyst uh, for you to really dive into it. Yeah. That. Yeah. My wife is 100% um, supportive and behind me and so much smarter than me, so much smarter than me when it comes to just about every aspect. If she could <laughs> sing, you'd be interviewing her right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then no, like six can... weeks from now, we'll find out she started her own band and you're oh, like, dude. hey, you need to be on Miguel's podcast. Oh, Miguel. <laughs> Miguel, she's got an angelic voice. She's nice. phenomenal. She's just like, seriously, she can she's got pipes as soon as you she gets get her on the track want to yes i have several times i wanted to she just doesn't want to do that yet so not like, yet. i don't want to push like it's, it's, you can see too it's not just like um she needs a little nudge it's like no 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 she's not going to do that you're like yeah. okay i'll leave it alone for yeah, now. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> that's awesome yeah well dude um man great great conversations in this so many great lessons of what you guys are living out um I really do. I I believe you and your crew, the Flatlanders, and I know you guys got people behind you as well. Yeah. Um, you yeah. Guys like, are I always don't, for some great stuff ahead. And yeah. I don't feel like we really cool. we touched too much on that, and I want to before this ends, Miguel. Sorry. No. Go Ted Borquin, Brian Gregory, Amy Gregory, Kelsey Banky, uh, Tammy Borquin, um, all of you. We can't, Miguel yourself. We can't do this without support like that. To all of you who are sharing following liking spinning our music talking about our music to people i can't tell you like how much we appreciate each and one each one of you so 
I want to make sure that that gets across before we absolutely everybody. Yeah. Well, and so for the last two questions uh, coming sure. out of yeah. of the podcast itself. So right now, uh, for the first one, right now, how would you define living a great life? I knew you were going to ask that because I watch your podcast, but and nice. if you would think that I would have had a prepared answer. <laughs> how do you define living a great life? Man, that's hard. Uh, a great life? to me is one where, how do I say this? I mean, most people would probably go to leaving a mark, right? Being remembered whenever, whenever you're gone and passed and and that, that would be a great life, right? Something where you were making a difference, right? Making a difference to somebody else's life or helping. And all those are great answers. I think, I'm just going to, I'm going to have to go with golden rule, Miguel. Like it's golden rule. The living a great life is like, to me would be more like treating people how you'd want to be treated. Basically the golden rules like that. And, and being happy, like happiness, like that'd be living a great life. If dang, dude, you put me on the spot, bro. I don't know uh, how to answer that. (laughs) Oh, it's good though, man. I mean, those are, those are all, I think living a great life, I would want to be remembered. Wouldn't everybody want to be remembered? I think so. Right. Like when you're when you're gone, like you want to be remembered and and want to know that you've made a difference in somebody's life whenever whenever you um while you were here. And right. and being a great father and a husband, like that that would be um living a great life, right? By many people's definitions. I know. Well well, I think that part is like there's ways <clears throat> to be remembered um in an infamous way you know but it seems yeah. like like what you're talking about in a way i hear you saying like you want to be remembered but you want to focus on why you want to be remembered like right. what is it that you actually left behind and gave to other people uh which exactly is cool. I love yeah that. yeah like we're constantly doing stuff i mean i could sit here and talk to you about hours of of charity type stuff that we've done or or like nonprofits that we've been a part of and helped start and, and things like that. So I think giving back, that would be defining living a great life, giving back. So I guess nice. if I could do it in two words, giving back, that's my answer. There yeah. you go. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> now for the last question, right now in your life, um, how would you define creating great things? Creating great things as far as like, um, the non-physical or non, whatever you want to call it, like things that are actually here, tangible, What is it, whatever the fancy word for that would be, like yeah. would be creating great things. It's just emotion, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the way I look at music. It's an emotion. That's all these are. It's just emotion, but it's audio. If you, if you could see feel, or hear feelings, this is what feelings, that's what they are. Like that's what music is. And if you are creating something and it doesn't provoke an emotion, then I I don't gravitate towards that. I wait. I seriously, I watch, I watch people's reactions. And then that's how I learn. Like if I see something and I see somebody react to it in in a positive way or whatever, then I know it's like that I did that right. You know, but if you, if you, uh, so emotions, uh, question one more time, bud. Uh, just defining, uh, how would you define creating great things? Oh, The great things, uh, yeah, would be 
I mean, it's, it's, it comes right back to the same point. It's like, if you can make somebody feel something, you've created something great. If you mm. can make them feel love, happiness, sad, even sad. Like if you're, if that's your intent is to make somebody feel sad. If you can, if you can create that, that emotion out of somebody, you've created something great. Like that doesn't matter whether it's art, like a painting, like, like, for example, I always tell this story and, um, my wife, the, do you know who Jackson Pollock is? The name uh, sounds vaguely familiar, but he's I an artist. Yeah, he's an artist. He's a, so Sioux city is their art museum, which we didn't frequent that often, but we went occasionally. Um, they got an exhibit, a traveling exhibit from Jackson Pollock. And this thing was, it was like a big deal. I mean, it was there for months and it was like on the news and it was like a big deal for the city. So my wife and I decided we got to go see this thing because they dedicated a whole room to this one painting. And so we walk into this room and on the wall is this big canvas, right? Hmm. And it's just looks like somebody turned East and loose with some paint and just <laughs> let him throw it at the wall. Right. And I walk in and the thing was, is I looked around and there's a ton of people in there and there's people sitting on a bench and stuff like that. And I look around and even though that's where I kind of realized it, I, even though I didn't get it and, and it wasn't something that I might even pay $10 for, even though this painting is millions of dollars. I, and I don't say this in a negative way. What I say it is, is because I look over and I see a lady crying hmm. and I get it. I understand. It's like, that didn't make me feel an emotion or a feeling, but it made her feel an emotion right. painting. You know what I mean? So that's in, in her eyes, that's the greatest thing that she's seen. You know what I mean? But in my eyes, I look at it as like, man, this is going to be a ton of work that I got to clean this off the wall because my son <laughs> threw paint at the, I mean, it's just my two cents. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that's my, that we all have different. So we're all different and we all, like what's what somebody might be considered great might can be considered not so great to somebody else. So, well, and I yeah. think that highlights the importance of of creating authentically and how important right. if you are a creator to get that thing out in the world because right. there may be those people out there that will only connect with what you're throwing out there, you know, yeah. and and how important that can be to them. And honestly, it it highlights the idea of not to compare yourself to yeah. other artists. Yeah. Um, because you know, like if another painter's like, well, damn, he sold that for millions of dollars. It's like, yeah. but they're maybe try to create someone it. else is going to find value in the thing they're doing yeah. as well. And there, someone else is going to cry because they heard that. And yeah, um, yeah. That's one, cool. of the one of the lessons I learned this year as well, too, is kind of a different topic, but like was <clears throat> I can't, when I write a song or I co-write a song, whatever, um, I, once we release it, we don't have control or the right to tell somebody how they interpret that song. Like right. we may have had the intentions of this, but it is completely out of our hands and out of our control. And, and honestly, I've learned to love that fact. At first I was like, no, this is what I meant. This, you don't get that, <laughs> you know, but now I let me set the record straight. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, I flipped 180 degrees. And even though, that song personally to me means this and that's what my where i was when we wrote it mm -hmm. it might mean come something completely different to somebody else and freaking i've learned to be okay with that and not only just be okay with it but actually like the fact that like it mm. can be interpreted so many different ways and it's kind of fun it's like 
you may hear a song and get something completely different out of those lyrics than I did. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and it's not my right to tell you you're wrong about interpreting it that way. You know what I mean? Just like it would have exactly. never been my, just if I'd have walked over to that lady on the bench, she was crying because she was moved by that painting and been like, that is a dumb painting or like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, could you imagine doing right. something like that? You know what I mean? People like, are like, who's this asshole? Right? Exactly. Like, that's a dumb painting. I don't understand why you're feeling that way. It's like, no, right. you don't have the right to do that. Yeah. Like, hmm. this is like our lyrics. As soon as we release them, you don't have the, you have given up that right to, to tell people what they should feel when they hear your song, you know? Right. Yeah, no. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah, that and it has been a fascinating part of releasing music. Like there was one song I remember I released and it was actually from my own like personal journey of like leaving religion basically. Um but someone else like messaged me and they were like for them it was an abusive relationship they were in. And that's what they heard in that song. And it and it reminded me um another another great songwriter, uh Keelan Donovan he had shared this idea of, of like writing universally, mm-hmm. not necessarily generally, but writing right. universally. So it's like, you can be specific in certain ways, but the language should be able to invite the, the listener. Like his goal is to invite the listener right. into that story and find their sure. own story in it. And, uh, and it was getting that feedback where it's like, I didn't even see that in my song right? <laughs> when this yeah. listener had shared that, but it, I was like, okay, how do I, how can I authentically share my stories in writing, but not be like self-indulgent? Like, how do I make it an invitation for someone to find their own meaning in it? Like right. and actively participate with that idea. And uh, so, yeah, that's one piece I'm exploring. So that's, that painting uh, analogy is such a great, great idea. Um, but I mean, it's, to it's reflect actually, on. it actually happened to me. Like, I mean, right. There's moments you remember, right? Life's about these mm-hmm. moments. I can remember staying on Waimea Canyon in, in Kauai and having a moment there and like different things we could talk about forever. But like these moments, when you come to these realizations, it's like, I mean, I would have been the first to tell you that I don't get corporate art. I don't understand right. it. I don't get it. My wife, or my wife, my aunt is a wildlife artist who spends hours and hours and hours working on the details of a leaf that is in a field that that leaf should be in that field. You know what I mean? She's, mm-hmm. she's taken pictures and went to these places and understands that these weeds grow in this reg- region and these plants grow in this region. And she won't put a plant that's not in the region where it should be in like hours and hours and hours of this detail. And that's art. And right. I would be, but also the guy who throws the paint at the wall is art too. <laughs> it is, it is, right. it's just different. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's different. It really is. And I would have been the first to tell you, I don't get it. And I still probably don't get it. It doesn't move me. It honestly doesn't move me, but I get why other people can be moved. It's the same as me. It's like, I write lyrics and the lyrics sometimes are for me and I release them to the world. And and sometimes, you know, people don't get it. And sometimes people get it and that's okay. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome, man. Well, let yeah. everyone know how to connect with you and how to make yeah. sure they're listening and following the Flatlanders. Perfect. Yeah. First, uh, first and foremost, you can go right to our website, stephenbankyflatlanders.com. Um, and that has a landing link that will, or a landing page that will take you to any of our social medias, but we are on Facebook at Stephen Banky Flatlanders. Uh, Stephen Banky Flatlanders. We're on Instagram, Stephen Banky Flatlanders. Uh, TikTok. We're on TikTok. We're on, I think Micah started up a discord. I don't even know what that is. Nice. <laughs> That's yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm so out of removed from that. I was like, Micah, this is your baby. 
Like I have no clue what discord <laughs> even is like, yeah. So sounds like I started a discord. I'm going to have to reach out to him and figure out what the hell to do with it. I don't even know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you can reach out there and say hi to Micah because I, I don't even remember the last time I was logged into that thing. So, uh, what else, uh, social media wise, we're on YouTube. We're on, um, Spotify, Amazon, anywhere we stream. Um, yeah, we got a store, go check out our store. We got a lot of cool merch. My wife and Amy, have worked their butts off and, and the merch is really nice. And so, yeah, that's, that's how you find us. We're going to be releasing a single. We don't have a date yet. I don't want to put a date, but there is a single coming um, soon. So hopefully, yeah, we talked about that today for, at length, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, uh, thank you, man. It, it was great. Thanks for sharing your story. And unfortunately I got to pop off. I feel like we could probably do like a five hour podcast if we wanted to. Thank you for listening to the live and create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create Podcast.